Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. This is the Grit and Barrett Podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Game Over. Here on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we say goodbye to almost each and every NHL team, whether they want to or not. Today's guest should be no surprise that I have these two two on. For those of you who listen to my my podcast, the Grit and Barrett podcast, for even 10 minutes, know that at my core, I am a dirty, filthy, rotten yinzer. So, of course, I I bring on one of the two Knicks from the tip of the iceberg podcast because they cover a team that was founded in 1967 they have checks notes four four stan four no five five stanley cups to their name i should know this i will go to my room right now five stanley cups to their name their most recent visit was in 20 was in uh 2016 and we are more than happy to tell you that i am bringing on nick berlansky one of the two nicks of the tip of the iceberg podcast to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nick, buddy, always good to have you on the show. Welcome to Game Over. Always good to be on with you, Richard. I wish we would still be talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs because covering the team is much more fun when the team has games to play. But we are in the offseason. It is game over. So I guess I wouldn't be able to come on the show without the Penguins losing in the playoffs. So I guess that means there is a little silver lining to the Penguins getting eliminated early on. Yeah, I'm getting, uh, I think uh, the Steel City's getting a little tired of doing, uh, if I was doing Game Over a little bit longer, doing it always around the same time every year. Yeah. But but let's, let, let's get into that. I will ask you the golden first question, as I do with everybody on Game Over. What happened? I mean, it seemed like that maybe this Penguins team could have been a nobody-believes-in-us team, up 3-1, and... What happened? 
I think the dam just broke with Louis Domingue and net. Obviously, injuries are going to face every team when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. You look at what Leon Dreisaitl was able to do with a high ankle sprain. It was absolutely ridiculous. But for the Pittsburgh Penguins, you have Tristan Jari out the first games of the series. You have Casey DeSmith, who tears his MCL in the second overtime of game one. And then you have this guy, Louis Domingue, that comes in in game one, steals the hearts of everybody with broccoli and spicy pork, gets the Penguins up 3-1, to one, and then all of a sudden turns right back into a pumpkin in game at the end of Game 5. Crosby going down doesn't help. Raquel going down in Game 1 doesn't help. Injuries didn't help, but at the end of the day, the Penguins have only themselves to blame because they had the Rangers on the ropes. They could have taken them out in Game 5. Even when Crosby went out, they had a 2 to nothing lead, but they self-destructed. They couldn't take advantage on the power play, and they also which most teams haven't been able to, but they also couldn't stop the New York Rangers on the power play in that series at all. When you're staring down Mika Zibinijad, Capo Kako, Chris Kreider, um, insert fourth liner guy here who somehow is able to score a goal, it's just, it, it's not something you, you want to face. And a bit of a Brucey bonus question to, uh, to quote friends of the podcast, OS Dub. Um, I, you guys talked about goaltenders after the Pens were eliminated. Is it fair to say that Louie never stole a game and that if he would have stolen just one game, the Pens would have been moving on? Because it seems like all the games he was in, the Pens were you know, always gave up three or four goals. I don't think he really stole a game. If you want to make the argument, I could say game one when he came in, made 17 saves on 17 shots, coming in, you know, in second overtime and being able to, to shut the door. But at the same time, second overtime, the quality of shots, you heard it on the broadcast, what was that, 38 days ago when that happened, that the quality of shots, once you get to that point, are very low. So even though he came in you know, cold, he came in after sitting on the bench for four hours, the quality of shots were not quite there. And then the rest of the series, he simply did just enough to get the Pittsburgh Penguins that 3-1 to one lead. And even in Game 5 and in Game 6... He wasn't awful. It's just when he needed to make a save, he couldn't get a save. You see the game-winning goal in Game 6. You see a couple of the goals in Game 5. It was just a matter of the fact that he was giving up the easy goal. So I would say he didn't really steal a game, and if anything, maybe that Game 1. But if you look at the way that the Penguins played defensively, they also insulated him really well. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, as you said, he came in in relief. In baseball terms, it's like, oh, a guy had four good innings. Let's throw him out as a starting pitcher in game five and then be surprised when he's serving up meatballs by the third by the third inning. And one other thing you guys did brought up, his his composure was all over the place. He looked like an American Hockey League goaltender. And as a consumer of the American Hockey League product that I am, that was very much true. He just never looked comfortable. And the biggest thing that I, I noticed, and so did my co-host Horwat, is any time the puck would come from the shoulder of his glove hand the entire way over to his blocker side, he kept trying to catch it with two hands. You know, it, it's like how you teach a little kid, hey, two hands on the ball, two hands on the ball. That's football. In hockey, if it's coming to your chest, let it hit your chest. Smother it, cover it, and that's it. And we saw at the end of Game 6, you know, the negative connotations of that because he tried to catch it, he clapped it, it went straight up, and it just landed right behind him. He had no idea where it was. But, yeah, so in the second half of that series, he, he did kind of come back down into reality. And I don't blame him, honestly, because he was playing above his head a little bit in the first half of the series. And he is what he is. We can't expect him to go out there 
and win the series all alone, but he did go out there and lose them the series to a certain extent, which is what you tried to avoid but couldn't. And on that note, let's take a look into the offseason as in probably a few weeks we will head into the free agency and prospect season of July. Um, the Penguins actually have a decent amount of draft picks this year compared to previous years. You actually have a first rounder this year. Your second and your third, I think, was traded away to Anaheim as part of the Raquel trade. Um and um, you've got some expirings coming off, off the books. Um, again, speaking as someone who's seen the farm club, um, do you do you think that the what what are the Penguins going to do shopping wise this off season? I've heard you talk about a veteran goaltender. Does Alex Nylander come up at all? Um, you know what does the uh, the off season hold for the Black and Gold? Well, I'm glad you mentioned Alex Nylander because that's somebody that we haven't mentioned on our show, but I feel like we we probably should because why else would they have brought the guy over? I mean, Sam Lafferty, who they sent back in exchange, is not uh, a world burner. He's not going to be great. He's a fringe NHLer. And Alex Nylander used to have a much higher potential than he does right now, so I don't think there would be any reason that they would have brought him over if they weren't going to implement him at some point. So next season might be a year for him, but if you look at the offseason as a whole, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins, two big names there, Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. That is the massive question for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Will Hextall get a deal done? What will those deals look like? Because as of right now, the Penguins have the most cap space they have had in the Sidney Crosby era with about $24 million. But you have to imagine if they bring both of those guys back, the majority of that cap room is going to be washed away. But if they don't, that's what gets interesting. I've seen uh, Horwat, my co-host, as well as Haley Salvian, who covers the Flames for the Athletic, mention the Penguins as being potential a potential team for for Johnny Gaudreau, who is the superstar of the entire offseason. If they have that cap space and can't sign a Malkin, can't sign a Latang, I don't see why they wouldn't at least kick the tires on that. But, I mean, for him, coming to Pittsburgh and still in Philly might be a little bit out of, out of the ordinary for him. But <laughs> when you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I, I've said it, and I've started to coin the term prospect puddle instead of prospect pool, because that's what it is. It's four or five guys that can make a difference in the next two or three years and even then, it's a question mark. Can Poulin do anything? We don't know. He had a great second half of the season in Wilkes-Barre, but his first half was so, so horrid. It got him a healthy scratch halfway through. Pustinen is a guy that I have my eye on. Jesse Marshall of the Athletic has been talking my ear off about him for the past two seasons. Seventh-round pick of the Penguins a couple of years ago. That's a guy that could make a difference next year. And POJ. And, you know, it's it's crap or get off the pot time with Pierre-Olivier Joseph. Now, the only problem is he's a left-shot defenseman, and the Penguins currently have three on their roster making more than $4 million, so they would have to realistically make room for him. But there's a lot of question marks for the Penguins this offseason. As someone who's seen those players that you've ta- talked about, uh, Nylander's the one who who uh, bounced the Bears in, game th- in the deciding Game 3 in overtime. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up that pleasant memory. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, Pustinen has burned the Bears many times, so yes, he's getting there. And it seemed like uh, Pierre Oliver Joseph was sort of sulking in the American Hockey League a bit because it's he's like, I want to go back to Pittsburgh. Wait, what stupid Wilkes-Barre, why am I down here? And um, it seemed like in the second half of the season, he got his um, proverbial stuff together and realizing I got to put the time in down here if Pittsburgh's going to call me back up. So all the players that you've mentioned are all 
definite players, and I think Nylander should go up and definitely at least get a good hard extended look at, at training camp whenever uh, that, that rolls around. But um, vet, veteran goaltending, uh, we will do that. We do this every year in Pittsburgh. What do you want for Flurry? Uh, to me, honestly, if Flurry comes back on a, a team friendly deal, one year deal to help be a platoon with Jari, I think it would be perfect for the Penguins. But I'm not overpaying for a guy like Marc Andre Fleury. I'm not overpaying for a 1B or a backup goaltender because Tristan Jari showed easily this season that he is a number one starting goaltender in this league. Now, whether or not he can do it in the playoffs remains to be seen. I don't really hold Game 7 anything against him because he did play pretty well, but you could tell he still was suffering from a broken foot. So I'm not taking anything away from, from Tristan Jari at all. If the Penguins can get Flurry back, I'd love to see it. I'm, I'm definitely a Flurry apologist uh, when it comes to the city of Pittsburgh, but I'm not bringing him back for a massive deal. I'm not bringing him back to be the starter. I'm bringing him back to play 30 to 35 games this season to be a backup or maybe even let him get to 40 games and be the 1B. But that's only if your schedule calls for it. Because if, if the Penguins fans want to clamor for Flurry, which they will, don't get me wrong, they will, I might as well, but he should not be the starter because guess what? He is one foot out the door of the NHL. He has been talking about retirement, maybe not outwardly as much, but he's been saying, hey, I'm mulling it over, I'm mulling it over. But he's also never really been a free agent. So this is a new experience for him. I'm sure he will look it around, and I'm sure the one thing he wants the most is to win another Stanley Cup. Now, would he like to end his career in Pittsburgh? Yes, that's why he declined multiple trades to the Washington Capitals. But does he want to win a Stanley Cup? And which comes more important to him? And does it come in favor of money as well? There's so many questions to that, and we'll have to see over the summer. I mean, what is it? July 13th is the start of free agency. So we have a little over a month yet till we get some of these answers. Great stuff out of you, Nick. Great stuff. We're going to take a short break, a bit of an ad break here. We'll be right back. But before we continue with Game Over or the Grits and Barrett podcast, hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings, sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for you for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlays by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and much more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is secure, safe, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. See show notes for details down in the description. And now on with the show. And we're back here on Game Over, talking Pittsburgh Penguins with Nick Berlansky, one of the two Nicks on the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. All right, it's time for the sneaky question here on the on Game Over, which is all spontaneous, unrehearsed. A sneaky question I'm going to ask this team. He has no idea what's coming. I have no idea what's coming. Let's get right into this. So the question is, 
if you are able to resign both Latang and and Gino and Mulk or Mulkin for everyone else in the league, you're going to have to let one other player go out the door to make the room for it. Who is the proverbial shoe to drop to make room for those two to come back? Ricard Raquel. Easy. Wow. He, he, he is also a player that is a free agent this season. But the thing with Ricard Raquel is he made what? I, I believe his total cap hit was 3.87 or something like that last year. The only way he fit under the salary cap was Anaheim had to retain a good portion of that. I think the full 50% that they're allowed to. But half, half Eddie. Sorry, <laughs> had to do that. Sorry. You're good. You're good. Let's continue. But even though he was great with the Penguins, he was phenomenal on the Crosby line. There's no way the Penguins are going to be able to re-sign him because you look at what they got for, for Brian Rust. It was a steal. You probably have to pay Raquel just as much, if not more, to come back unless he's willing to take a pay cut. He said that he would like to come back to Pittsburgh in his end-of-the-season press conference, but everybody's going to say that. He's not going to come out and say, you know what, it's been fun, but I'll, I'm peacing. I'm out skis. <laughs> so, yes, he said he wants to come back. Yes, if you're going to come back to the Penguins this year, you're probably going to have to take a pay cut. We saw Rust, who got a raise, but still a cut for what he should have been paid. It's probably going to be a pay cut for Malkin. It's probably going to be a pay cut for Latang if they get the deals done. But Raquel, there's not going to be enough space. And realistically, you're probably giving up on one of three other guys, too. Because you still have to deal with Kapanen, Rodriguez, and Heinen. You're probably not going to be able to bring back maybe one, maybe two of those. But you're going to have to give one of them up as well as Ricard Raquel. So if you bring those guys back, it is basically stating that you're going to start filling holes with, with some youth. And we talked about them earlier in the show. Nylander, Pustinen, Poulin, Joseph. That's what's going to have to help the Pittsburgh Penguins next year if they're able to bring back their two-star players that are currently off of contract. Another bo- another bonus question. Does Zucker stick around after his... I know he's an expiring next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has one year left at 5.5. There's a lot of people clamoring to get him on the trade block. I actually wrote a story about this for, for InsideThePenguins.com yesterday. Dang. About the fact that he, he he's, he's running out of chances. He really is. It's his last year on contract. He had his probably his worst season ever last year, even though he only played in 50, 50, 50 percent of the games, 41 <laughs> out of the 82 last year. He dealt with injuries. He was a freaking warrior in the playoffs, having to sit on a stool down the bench. Couldn't even sit on the players bench because of the injury he was suffering. He was dealing with it all year. He came back at one point, played one game, scored two goals against Vegas. Then he was out for another three weeks. He's somebody that if he got healthy and if he can put it together, He's a 20-goal guy. He's done it five times in his career. I love the way he plays. I love his forechecking ability. I love his tenacity. I think he's great for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The only problem is he hasn't put it together since coming over in 2020. He had that 15-game stretch as soon as he got here. COVID hit, and he hasn't been the same since. He's running out of chances. I think they're probably going to ask around on Jason Zucker, but I would like to see him back. I think they do end up bringing him back next season. Yeah, watch. It's a contract year, and he'll do something ridiculous. He'll be fully healthy, and he'll go twenty-five and twenty-five for a fifty-point season, and then the and then it'll be let's keep him, let's keep him, and then but you'll see Hextall with like the Monopoly man with his pockets out, like but I don't have anything, I don't have anything for him. Um, I could I could ask you about a Hextall, but we've got a lot, but we don't have a lot of time. Here left, and I'm sure you guys will be talking about him and the ownership all summer long. They're on the oh, tip yeah. of the iceberg pot podcast. They're over on si.com. Am I correct? Uh, inside the penguins.com. Inside the penguins. It's, a, it's an affiliate of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Yep. And we'll get to that a little bit later. So, so 
couple more questions before before we get you out of here. Um, why should Penguins fans be optimistic heading into October? Because uh, they still have Sidney Crosby. I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty obvious answer. There. I mean, Sid has shown no signs of slowing down. He's going to be 35 years old when the next season starts. He was over a point a game again this season, and he, he's still just an absolute force of nature. Pair that with the fact that Tristan Jari had a phenomenal season, and there's no questions really about that, and the fact that Jake Gensel and Brian Rust are now under contract for the duration of Sidney Crosby's career. You know you're going to have your first line back. There's some young guys to get excited about. We already talked about them. We don't need to get back into them. And I imagine where it's at right now, and this might get old takes exposed, but where the conversations are at right now, where the reports are at right now, you're going to get to see Malkin and Latang again. I really think that they probably get that done. Latang, I have more questions of, but I think you're going to get to see Evgeny Malkin. And realistically, if you're a Penguins fan and you're not excited to watch Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby, come back to me in five years and tell me how you should have been. <laughs> because that is it is a blessing that we've had for the last 17 seasons, 16 of them the Penguins have made in the playoffs. I think that streak extends. I think they're going to have a great season. And I think that any year that I get to watch Sidney Crosby play hockey is a good year. Uh, certainly, especially if he's playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins and I get to cover it. Well, lest we not forget the dark ages of the early and mid-2000s, I'm sure any, you know, the the dark days of the old igloo that nobody likes to really talk of. Remember, those days could come back. I mean, not like ownership issues, but the times when all, all you could hang your hat on was basically Lemieux's legacy, and there's nothing wrong with that, but... It was just him hey, and everybody else. Don't discount Johan Hedberg. Hedberg, yes. Hedberg. That was yes. a great story, but mm-hmm. uh, other than that, there was not too much. You're right. No, no. And um, you can kind of feel like like I've always dubbed Crosby, Ovechkin, uh, Taze, and Kane as the NBC era of the NHL. Um, that's around the time they came in. And you can really feel that era coming to a close um, you know, obviously all Capitals fans are going to be like, oh, Vatkin's forever. He'll just fade into the ether whenever he's done. Um, but you, you kind of feel like that that era with these players are slowly coming to an, to an end. And that, especially in these playoffs, that a new guard is really starting to, uh, to come forward. What, what, yeah. what the teams were watching at the time of this recording, the teams that are in the conference finals right now, even though Edmonton got bounced, Connor McDavid's a superstar. Nobody can can deny that. Well, what we're seeing in New York, Tampa is freaking blue zombies. So um, you know, just enjoy you know enjoy it while it's here because you're going to miss it when it's gone. Which I'm sure any uh, Pittsburgh, uh, any Yins or Steelers fans can tell you. You know, it's always sad to see an era come to an end. But speaking of being depressed, <laughs> why should Penguins fans be depressed? Heading into December. I mean, October. I don't know if there's any really reason to be depressed other than the fact that it's going to be tough sledding in that Metropolitan Division. I I think it's weaker than I had initially thought at the beginning of this season because the Flyers are are done. I mean, the Flyers need to rebuild. They they need to completely break it down and start over. And I don't know if Chuck Fletcher is willing to do that. The Devils, I expect them to be better this season because I expect them to be better last season. I mean, at some point, Jack Hughes will get those guys going, and they have a really good core there. But if you look at the rest of the division, you're not going to be able to take one or two. 
it's going to be hard to take it from Carolina. It's going to be hard to take it from the New York Rangers because those teams are only going to get better. They're on their way up. I know there's questions about Carolina in the postseason, but no question about them in the regular season. So you're going to be fighting for that third or fourth spot in the Metropolitan Division, that top wild card spot, which is going to put up another difficult matchup in the playoffs. So it's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be another year of, hey, does Latang fall off now? Does Malkin fall off now? Because we're so excited. We love what we saw. Latang just had a career year at the age of, what, 35? Mm-hmm. So we're excited about what we're seeing, but the knowledge that it could be soon over is always in the back of the mind, and that, that, that always makes you a little upset. But at the same time, like I said earlier, enjoy watching it while you can because at some point it's going to come to an end. I don't think it's going to be as drastic or a, as – Kind of, I don't want to say pathetic, but I'm going to say pathetic as Big Ben's last two seasons. But it'll still probably have a little bit of a decline, probably not with Crosby, but maybe with Malkin, who is still over a point a game this year, and maybe with Latang, who, again, seems to keep getting better with age. But there's still a little bit in the back of my mind that's like, I don't know if it's quite going to work out, but I trust them. And they've earned that trust. Well, trust is given. Well, trust is earned, never, never given. But... For the Pittsburgh Penguins, unfortunately, it happens to everyone as we say, game over to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nick, thank you very much for join for joining me here on this edition of Game Over. Before we get you out of here, go ahead. We're going to give you a minute or two to uh, promote, you know, whatever you're working on. Give us your podcast, your socials, and all that. So, my friend, the board is thine. Well, Richard, you know, it's always great coming on and talking to you. And I wish it was better circumstances. I love covering the team when they're actually playing, like I said, at the outset here. But uh, it is the off season. I'm, I'm swinging the golf clubs. I'm heading down to Florida in a week. So I'm going to get to relax a little bit, take my off season vacation. And uh, as far as content is concerned, obviously just started over with Sports Illustrated Fan Nation at InsideThePenguins.com. So all my writing, my co-host Nick Horwath's writing, we have a couple other guys on staff, Jacob and, and Noah. They're also really great writers. So if you want to check out our writing, check it out at InsideThePenguins.com. We're on Twitter and on Facebook at Inside the Penguins, uh, inside, at Inside Penguins on Twitter. And then, of course, the podcast. You know, We've been doing it since 2019. We're going to continue to do it until somebody tells us we're not allowed to. Uh, yeah. Tip of the Iceberg podcast out every Monday and Thursday with new episodes, even in the offseason. And you can find us at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter or at Tip of the Iceberg Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And then if you like my opinions, which – means that there's probably a screw loose in your head because I got some crazy opinions. <laughs> but if you like my opinions, you know, like all of what I've been saying, you can follow me at Nick underscore Berlansky on Twitter. Yep, all good stuff out of these guys. If you are a Pens fan listening to this, like I said, every mo- every Monday morning, you need a podcast to listen to, you know, there's good guys to go to. I enjoy listening to them, and they also do in-game updates during the season. Great stuff out of you guys as as well. And, uh, you know, I I could go on and on here, but this is just a little supplementary podcast, everyone. We're not going to go too deep into detail of of all the problems that the Penguins have this offseason. If so, and I say that for everyone, if you want to hear more about what the Pens are going to do this offseason, please tune in or subscribe to this fine podcast that Nick is on. Nick, thank you very much, man. And to all of you listening out there in the Hockeyverse, thank you very, very much for this edition of Game 
And that will do it for the Grit and Barrett podcast this week. Like, thank you everyone for listening. And uh, this, well, consider this a little Brucey bonus content for everyone that's out there. Um, I teased a big announcement at the end of this podcast, and that's exactly what is going to happen because this is not only a game over for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but this is going to be game over for my time at the Hockey Podcast Network as well. Because, folks, not only have I moved out of my living situation at with my roommates and got married, I am also moving on to another podcast network as well. The place we are going to, everyone, well, we are moving into the Belly Up Podcast Network affiliated with Belly Up Sports. Um, This is a sports network that's been growing over the years, and uh, it's been going rather, uh, growing rather well with them as they have their own radio network and other things, and other projects as well so first off this is you know goodbye to the hockey podcast network who you know grew themselves amidst of a pandemic a lot like a lot of other podcasts out there and who really hasn't discovered a lot of new things when the pandemic and everything happened but they took a chance on me of a a uh, adhd anxiety written um, podcast host who just had a simple idea of a podcast about an American Hockey League team from a fan's perspective. Because, like I tell everyone, I'm not, I'm not an analyst. I don't have analytical abilities. You know, I can't even really spell analytics without spell check. No, no, I'm just a fan. Recently married, but just a fan. And that's what I'm bringing to Belly Up. But thank you to Isha and Dylan on the Hockey Podcast Network for bringing me in and giving me a chance to work with, you know, my first ever sponsorship with DraftKings as well. So I also am very thankful to a few other podcasters out there as well on on the network. Um, the two Knicks, uh, Horwat and Berlansky, host the Tip of the Iceberg podcast as they've moved on as well. Please check them out at Inside the Penguins over there at si.com. Um, the Caps Chirps podcast, you know, our affiliates, um, you know, they cover our affiliates. The lovely banter between them. Polly and the Hockey Troll. I may have muted Hockey's <laughs> uh, Troll account, but that's because I didn't want to get riled up during the playoffs. Troll, still love you. Mean it. Um, and a few others on the Hockey Podcast Network um, as well. Um, more specifically, um, Neil... Valentino, host of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, as I call my hockey brother from a different mother. I say that, I do not say that as a clever marketing thing. I say that as being legitimate because the passion for that he has for the Devils um, matches my own that I have for the Hershey Bears. 
and it's been really glad to see him grow as well. Also, the national quarterfinalists of the uh, New Jersey Devils PA announcer to so many people um, who have helped me grow over these last 18 months. But, you know, it's time to move on. It's time to grow and move on to close the chapter here at the Hockey Podcast Network. And that's the nature of stories, ladies and gentlemen. To close one chapter and start another. It can't stay the same forever, unfortunately. So to all you Bears fans, we'll be back. We'll definitely be back within a week or two up on the Belly Up Podcast Network. And for all of you at the Hockey Podcast Network, thank you, everyone. So so to everyone, thank you. Thank you, Hockey Podcast Network, Dylan, Isha, and much more. And to everyone else, the quote red green, keep your stick on the ice. I'll see you next time. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Grit and Barrett podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to. If you are listening on Apple or Google, please leave us a five-star review as it appeases our algorithm overlords. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the Hockey Podcast Network where there is a podcast for each and every NHL team. We also cover the American Hockey League. They have a podcast about college hockey and all the ins and outs of the hockey world. If you wish to know more about our parent club, please check out the official Caps Chirps podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network as they cover all things Washington Capitals. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. That's at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Patricia Blosser, who passed away on December 5th, 2020, to dementia and COVID. The show is also dedicated to all of the Hershey Bears' friends, fans, and family who lost their lives to cancer. Cancer sucks. Thank you once again for listening to the Grit and Barrett podcast, and go Bears. Go Bears!